Welcome to the Power Moves Only podcast. My name is Claudia Neilshaw and I'm a marketing educator and strategist. Over the last 10 years, I've empowered women like you across the business world to step into the most confident version of themselves through coaching and marketing consulting. Too many women are hiding their incredible message and skills from the world. It's my job to uncover your genius and help you make your next power move. Because women like you change the world and the world needs more of that. I'm here to help you elevate your voice and create your own daughter opportunity. So, are you ready? Did someone say episode 14 of the Power Moves Only podcast shut the front door? I am so excited to introduce you to our beautiful guest for this episode. It's none other than the incredible Shelley McElroy, who hails from Dublin, Ireland with Bachelors of Science in Communication. She is an esteemed culture and leadership expert with years of experience leading teams with as many as 120 members. Passionate about people, communication, and fast-paced environments, Shelley uses her warmth and charisma to help leaders seek their highest potential. She has successfully helped countless companies and leaders create sustainable cultures, develop high-performing teams, and master and elevate their communication skills. With a firm understanding of the fundamentals of a workplace interaction, Shelley is a trusted mentor and go-to guide for C-suite executives, small business owners, and everyone in between. Shelley is one of those people that you run into and you are magnetized to her energy. And as someone, I would describe myself as like a major extrovert and someone who When I see someone else at that level of energy, I'm like, who are they? I must get around them. She is an absolute delight. And this conversation is going to share some really interesting ideas around what it actually takes to build a thriving culture in a business, managing team dynamics, really uniting everyone in the same purpose. And you'll also hear Shelley's story of how she got to today, which is just so fascinating Um, And honestly, just listening to her beautiful Irish accent will make your day. Enjoy this episode. Shelley McElroy, welcome to the Power Moves Only podcast. How the hell are you? You're so infectious. I am great, (laughs) Claudia. Thank you so much for having me today. You are so welcome. And I always feel like when we get in a room together or when we're having a conversation, like we're the two people having the most fun. Cause I feel like we have that same infectious energy and smile and laughter. <laughs> and then we just don't stop. <laughs> it's lucky this is a podcast and not a video recording. We're like, <laughs> yeah, correct. Hang your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I was saying before, I often talk to people like for a long time before we actually click record on the podcast. I was like, this stuff is good. We've got to click go. We got to click it. We got to do it. But Shelly, I would love you to share with us who is Shelly McElroy and what are you all about? Oh, um, so I, who am I? What a great question. So I have just this year started my own business called Dream Culture. And I'm also a mum of two beautiful, beautiful children that are three years old and, and seven year old, a little girl and a little boy. Um, and what am I all about? I think my main, I really, really love connection and similar to you, like connecting one wonderful woman to the next or one wonderful person to the next and finding ways to do that both personally and professionally. And I think I've got 
I'm not rich, but I've got a very rich life in terms of how I operate, what I like finding time to do what I love to do, making time to go for a run and spend quality time with friends. And there's always, you know, sometimes you, you feel like there's never enough time in the day, but really making time for the things that make you happy and that add value to your life. And I think COVID just gave us that real great opportunity to have a reset and and cull out anything that wasn't working for us at that time. Um, and I just, I think my main purpose is to, to just ride the wave and follow the path that's in front of me. And when that's going down the wrong direction, create a new one. I love that. And, you know, you starting your business this year after really a crazy four years for the entire world, whether that was, you know, staying home a little bit more often than we thought we might, whether it was changing jobs, changing our life, because it actually gave us time and space to reflect on what that looked like. Where were you in your career before you started your business? What kind of industry have you come from and how has it allowed you to arrive at today? Yeah. So my my background is predominantly hospitality. So I've I was in the hospitality sector literally from the age of 12 for a few decades and I'm showing my age now. Mm-hmm. Um but I worked in every role that you can possibly think of except for cooking. Like I'm not a great chef still. Um but front of house operations and had like an amazing career journey and I think like getting to work with some of the leading operators in Australia, like the Urban Purveyor Group and Maryvale, and just being able to learn through different venues, different teams, different pressures, different capabilities, etc. And that opportunity, like to learn from great leaders. And I guess the biggest, the biggest team that I've led, um, was 120 people and that was a massive massive learning curve like how to delegate your time and how to empower people that you can't physically do it all so it's not just about what you're doing or not doing I think the biggest testament in leadership is actually who are you cultivating within and how are you creating their next steps and really focusing on that rather than the actual doing of tasks um, and I could talk to you all day about that, but I love the hospitality industry still. And when I started my family, um, when I went back to work, our family is all overseas. So it was really hard to do weekends, nights. And my husband is in the same sector as well. So oh, wow. we just it, we just couldn't find a way for both of us to do it that we weren't quite prepared for the disruption of a child to, to careers as such. <laughs> But um, I think then finding a way and actually it's the funny story. I went in to resign because I was like, I can't see a way out of of making this work. And I I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I went in to resign and I sat down with my director at the time and he said, well, blank canvas. What what are you after? And I was like, really, I need day shifts. Like, but I was like, I actually can't do a Monday to Friday, Friday either. It's probably going to look more like three days a week. And again, like pre-COVID half half a day potentially from a home from planning and organizing everything like when I'm in work it's going to be so busy and he was like well that's possible so I leaned into training and development and I always I didn't have a, a specific um qualification as such at the time in training and development but I always loved it 
And it was always such a big part of what I was doing and the teams I was leading and helping people find their way in, in different organization structures within the business. And I had such a passion for it. And I was like, actually, when we're throwing people into management and leadership roles, often it's a sink or swim mentality. Mm. And we're assuming people have these skills, but they don't always. And how do we almost fast track them? But how do we give them the most important tools to succeed? So things like how to read a P&L statement and really understand managing your numbers and controlling what you control when you're running a business and um, understanding cost of goods, but then sequence of service and guest engagement and the team and how to navigate your way through difficult team dynamics and performance management. There's so many aspects that you need to have a one-on-one skill set in. And you wear so many hats in that industry. And I like, even now, I'm like, if someone has a year or two in hospitality, I'm like, they're going to be great with people. Like, yeah. You can teach them, you can definitely teach them everything else, you know, but they'll have that real strong customer centric base. And that's like, that can maximize any industry. I'm a firm believer. Um, so doing the training and development stuff, I then went and I loved it, absolutely loved it. But I actually was a participant of a program with a business that really helped me go from being a manager to really understanding what I meant to being a leader. Mm. And they had an opportunity for a role as a facilitator in Sydney. And I threw my hat in the ring and I wasn't the most experienced, but I worked there for a number of years and had the opportunity to work with many different organizations in Australia. So some hospitality, government, education, like a really, really broad spectrum. And then after that, um, I went into the finance industry and <laughs> again it was a, it was a bit of a short stint it was about six months but it had been like an extensive interview process and yes. um, quite interestingly it got to the final round and the question was asked like is there any reservation about this job and I was like yeah just one tiny little piece of information I have no background in banking whatsoever (laughs) but that was actually I think what what kind of got me across the line because like that welcoming that diversity of thought not having the same skill set as everybody else brought a unique cutting edge to the team and I think that that's something we can all consider in the next recruit and then you know when you recruit and like we tend to have this conscious or unconscious bias to people like us and really that that it was such a massive, massive learning curve. And the only kind of thing for me with that was a lot of it was online and remote. And I'm a very much an extroverted face-to-face peacock. Same. <laughs> so yeah. um, and I just I don't know, I had time to think and it was an, I was learning lots of new things. It was a brilliant, brilliant industry to to work in. Love my time there, but the universe kept pushing me in ways to to take that step and I kind of went before I was ready but take that that leap of faith to to start on my own and meeting people like yourself and other like amazing entrepreneurs and people in business uh, my biggest fear was that I wouldn't have this team around me to help succeed hmm. then you kind of leverage your network and all of a sudden you do have a team even if you're not on on the same payroll you're all helping each other in different ways so that that's been a really valuable learning and it's it's kind of made the risk all the more worthwhile. I think it's really interesting you figure out 
when you're starting a business, what are the things that you're going to miss or what are the potential reservations that you have about starting a business, whether it's being lonely, not having that team around you, having to sell yourself for the first time, potentially trying to keep a business afloat despite the statistics that say, you know, the majority of businesses fail within their first two to three years. And I think when you start, when you're not ready, you have this incredible naivety because you don't know what you don't know. And so you go straight in and you're like, mate, let's just go for it. Let's make it happen. Whereas I think sometimes if you knew everything that was going to happen in your business before it (laughs) happened, you might make a different decision or you might not. You might really embrace that new opportunity to try something different. Yeah. And I think sometimes like a friend of mine had said to me, like I I was a couple of weeks off off launching and I, I was like, oh, like, you know, the knees were getting a bit wobbly. And um, she was like, oh, well, you know, I was ready to go and got caught in perfection paralysis. And she was like, just kind of pushed me off the edge of it. You know, it was a a healthy nudge. And it was like, whatever you, you know, whatever you need to figure out, you'll figure it out. And what's, you know, think what's the worst that can happen. You can go and get another job. That's the worst. Like, yeah, because your skill set is so valuable and I think you soon find that having those cheerleaders wing men and women in your corner who do push you off the edge a bit and say like let's start faffing about here are you are we gonna do it and you're like okay I'm gonna do it it's okay <laughs> hold on tight <laughs> but I love having those um those people that you can rely on and you know in your business, your business is called Dream Culture, which is such a great name. And when I think oh, culture, I think about the feeling and the experience we have when we're in a group of people, whether it's in a business team, whether it's in uh, a social group. Why did you decide to call the business Dream Culture? What was it that you were trying to infuse in the work that you were doing? Yeah, that's a great question. So Dream Culture came about, um, so many people and myself included have had the experience of nightmare cultures. Mm. And, it, you know, it's when things go wrong or working with that really difficult personality and it's just knocks the window of you, removes every ounce of confidence that you have. Mm. Um, it can really have a negative impact on your health and well-being, on your mental health on your performance capabilities and you know in terms of like it's 2023 like what have we learned from all those years from all those teams that have come before us and sometimes like that with culture people don't know what they don't know and the most simple definition and I use it time and time again the culture is the behavior that you accept nice and People figure out very, very quickly what they can and can't get away with. So even when companies feel, now we've got a really solid culture here, but it's like, well, this person is doing this and this person's getting away with this and just all those things that are happening. And when you start in an organization with fresh eyes, you like people are figuring out what they can and can't get away with. What what is the behaviors that are accepted around here? And like that, sometimes working with with different organizations, like 
One of the key things that I'm observing at the moment is around accountability and responsibility and sometimes having the clarity of the roles and responsibilities. And one thing we used to always reference in, in hospitality was like, whose job is it to pick up the napkin on the floor when you see it? Everyone. And some, whoa, yeah, ideally the first person who sees it. Yeah. So many people walk past it. And again, that creeps into culture. But if people are walking past dirty napkins on the floor or things that aren't quite right, what else are they not seeing? What else are they not doing? And again, there's patterns of behavior that will emerge from the simplest little things. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, people in particular now, I'm, I'm yet to meet a team that's not busy. We're so busy. People are outputting tasks at a high volume, high pressure, high pace, and actually taking whether it's a day a month or a day a quarter, whatever that looks like for your business rhythm to fit into your operation standards and rhythms and um, to focus on the culture to really hone in on like true genuine connection and building relationships and to have the conversations that we need to like sometimes we have things that we want to say but we might not have the tool to be able to say it professionally productively or we might be really good friends at work and I don't want to upset you so I'll avoid it and very hard <laughs> very difficult and sometimes that becomes a much bigger issue than it needed to be. Like, so it's given people the tools and the space to to work on culture as part of work. Mm. You know, because I um I think you can have culture by design or you can have culture by default. And if you're not working on your culture, it's a missed opportunity because what you will get is culture by default. And I think what's really interesting is when you start your own business you're a solopreneur or you're a small team and then you start to grow bigger and you start to scale your business and you realize that it's not actually just about you. You're building something and a legacy much bigger than yourself. And I think that can be actually quite a shock for a lot of people. What do you think are symptoms of a really good business culture? Oh, that's a great question. I think sometimes, you know, it, it's definitely what you said, like it's a bit about the, the vibe or the experience of that group of people. But the symptoms of a really great culture, like sometimes a, a really interesting test is what happens when the leader isn't there. Mm. What happens when the key players are off for a week? What happens when... um Sometimes like uh, with different groups that I work with, like if the CEO, for example, goes away, when they come back, there's a list of 10 things waiting on their final approval. And it's, mm. which, you know, you can look at it from both sides. It's, did they have the permission to make the final decision? And we were going to be like, yeah. yes, yeah. But it's it's nearly like how it plays out in different circumstances. And is the most senior or most experienced person in that team delivering the same message as the newest team member? Like, what's the consistency? What's the the overarching united thing that we're all saying together? And when that's not clear, that's where you get different different team members doing different things. And and when you can't clearly articulate what you want to stand for as a culture or what are the what are the behaviors you know if you if you take that simple exercise 
what are the behaviors that are above the line that we always want to display and what are the behaviors that are below the line that we won't tolerate you, you can sometimes get a, a bit of a gauge of of what that looks like in our business and then okay is there anyone that we need to have a conversation with about that like yeah this this person is quite patronizing in their delivery at meetings that they, they may not be aware of it so again what feedback might help them is it blind spot for them is it is that something they've always done but because they're the best salesperson we let them away with it yeah what do we accept and and you know what do we accept sometimes also based on performance I think that the sales person option uh or example is really great okay that person earns the most amount of money in this business so do we hold them to the same account and Shelly, when you and I first met, I heard you tell this incredible analogy or story about how there was a group of investors that walked into NASA and they walked past uh, like some support stuff. I think it was a janitor or someone who was a cleaner and they asked him, what's your role here? And he said, my role is to get man on the moon. And I remember hearing that and I and I hadn't met you before. And I was like, who is this woman with this incredible analogy that really, I think, sunk in for a room full of business owners to say, is everyone that's in my business, whether it's, um, you know, full-time employees and staff members, if it's contractors, if is it suppliers, is it clients, are we all united in the same vision, the same mission, the same set of values and the same culture? And how do we measure that? Because I think sometimes it feels like, oh, we've got a bit of a culture problem, but we don't really know what to do about it. Yeah. And it's it's so true. Like the when we have clarity on purpose, it gives us all a united North Star to aim towards. Like it gives us that overarching reason of why we exist. And then with the various roles and responsibilities in a business, how how are they linking their work, their value, their execution to that purpose? Are they are they serving it as such? And I think sometimes when you know, and actually interesting in the finance industry, a couple of different teams that I worked with, I'd say, you know, what is the purpose of this team? And they'd be like to make money, and it's yeah. very respectfully like is that the purpose or is that the outcome you're trying to achieve and then they go maybe that's the outcome okay so what's the purpose well the purpose is to deliver exceptional experience to our partners and stakeholders so that we're the number one provider in this sector okay and as a result Mm -hmm. you will make money so it's kind of flipping flipping the lens on it a bit but whether you're again the most senior or the most junior person in the room can you connect to that? And and sometimes I think, you know, when businesses are established for X amount of years, sometimes the new formulated senior leadership team wasn't part of the history. And it's important, not, not that you have to reinvent the wheel or shake it up all the time, but are they committed and do they have the same buy-in? And sometimes like the times are changing and what worked for us 20 years ago may or may not work for us today. So are we evolving with the time? And sometimes it can be a case of reshaping that, but again, clarity on values. And I was working with a business recently and the values that they had, everyone knew them off by heart. They could ramble them off. Wow. And I I 
said, can you help tell me what that looks like in action? And it was like, oh, no, Ben created that X amount of years ago. And Tom was part of this. And so they knew what they were, but really didn't know what they looked like as such. And anyway, we revised them and, and got them. And it, it's it's that common language that everyone can relate to. And when you've got that, when people feel like they've been a part of it, it, it instantly generates people are more inclined to action it mm. and they know what that looks like and discussing if, if you've got a value around integrity for example what has that looked like in the last week for us as a business like really and it might seem so simple but it's a massive part people miss in in culture and when we have those things in businesses that are unacceptable like I've missed a deadline but you let it slide for me, you're then basically giving the whole team permission mm. to do the same. But, you know, and everything is circumstantial, right? I, I, there could be a million reasons why I've missed that deadline, but am I the only person that's always missing deadlines? Yes. And nobody's talking to me about it. So there has to be that kind of cause and effect. Like, what's the consequence? I may not lose my job for it, but what support do I need or do I need upskilling or so there's all those conversations and it's often the conversations that we are avoiding that that behavior often creeps into our culture quicker than we've ever anticipated how do you think we can have more open and compassionate conversations particularly when we're trying to give feedback because I have certainly experienced, um, you know, in a corporate setting and in business and in with some of my clients when I see them with their teams, having those sometimes difficult conversations are the thing that gets in the way of moving forward. People are afraid to have the conversation. They're ha- afraid to hurt people's feelings. They're afraid that they don't have the language to articulate what it is they're truly about. Where do you think it starts with having more open conversations? I think it like I think it really starts with building trust mm. because if you have that trust and even if I don't like what you're saying or you don't like what I'm saying to you but you trust my intent or you trust that I'm not trying to ambush you and hang you out to dry in front of the leadership team or I'm not trying to throw you under the bus but my intent is coming from let's just discuss what happened here on Friday because we can be better Mm. and you played a role but I also played a role so sometimes when I think when people are avoiding we also need to be self-reflecting on the role that we've played in it the ownership oh 100% and even if you haven't instigated it but if you've witnessed it and you've done nothing like doing nothing is an action and if everyone did nothing, what would happen? So, you know, it's it's making it safe and it's creating safety to have those conversations. And sometimes teams that are on that journey of evolving their culture, you know, they, they can't wait to be like this team that's nearly a unicorn standard. And it's it's like even the best teams, the most effective, the most productive from like globally when we hear things and read articles, they, they still have disagreements, they have healthy debates, they have arguments, they have conflict, they may not always, they still have performance management, they still have all those things that every other business has, but it's how they deal with them and what the, the repercussion and the recovery is like is, is really what takes us to the next level. So it's it's making it safe and I think 
sometimes in a workshop, you know, there might be a discussion around, let's just discuss, and it's not to air the dirty laundry, but let's just, just discuss some examples of where we've got it wrong over the last month, but what have we learned? Mm, I love that. You know, and yeah, and it's it's taken that time, but it's that vulnerability of saying this is where we're stuffed up, but actually this was a real key turning point for me because this was my insight or this was my aha moment. Mm. You know, and I think sometimes when in big organizations they're looking at the leadership team thinking they're all, almost perfect. And the reality is we're all far from that. So it's been able to share that. And when you have that culture where mistakes are shared, but they're seen as learning opportunities, it encourages others to share theirs. And sometimes people are sitting on their hands for a couple of hours, not knowing what to do for the fear of asking a question. Mm. And it's like, no, let's create the safety to ask the question. Let's create the safety to discuss that 10 times. And they used to say, um, I literally only heard this yesterday. They used to say you have to show somebody something three times for them to get it right. Mm. They're saying we have to show them 16 times. Wow. Yeah, because everyone's brain are so saturated with Mm. information overload that we're not processing the same ways that we used to. So we have to account for that. And like, not everyone learns the same. So even mm. as simple as visual, auditory and kinesthetic, are you incorporating that into your discussions? And is there different ways about it? And and the other thing with, with really quality conversations in the workplace, not one, one fifth, it's all. So mm. even if something worked for you in the past, it might not work in the next instance. So building your toolkit with lots of options and actually even just calling it out when it happens, like this is really uncomfortable, but let's make sure we have a a clear action or a clear step moving out of today. Or even when it gets really heated or quite emotional, like take a break. Mm. And sometimes even just a five minute break can help people see a bit clearer. So it's just trying different tools and techniques that work for you, that work for them, that work for us and and working our way through that but there's not one perfect formula but a, a couple of things that I love is um Simon Sinek's SBI really clarifying the situation the behavior and the impact nice. and using that when when things are great and also when things are are a bit wobbly and being able to clarify like the situation we had at Friday but the behavior that we see in our communication broke down and as a result we impacted 10 people in our team Hmm. how can we do that better next time so you know like really being able to and I think when we're fueled with emotion we're not very clear so a couple of things to help us clarify our message and and sometimes that vulnerability of taking responsibility first can be very powerful when it's done genuine and authentically like yes not contrived yeah let's hold up the mirror before we start looking out the window and throwing sticks at each other <laughs> yeah having the self-awareness to exact to accept that we are all human and particularly in a in a workplace the majority of the time not all the time but I would I would say the majority of the time people are not acting with malice they're not acting with ill intention um it's just a whole range of different people with different perspectives different experiences different triggers sometimes that you are then trying to hold space for and say, okay, well, can we all agree to hold the space for each other or to try to hold that space for each other so that 
we can show up in the way that we need to and ultimately move towards that North Star that you spoke about. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine, like, imagine a workplace where we all did that, Mm. what that could look like. And I think, you know, linking back to dream culture, like you want businesses to have aspirational dreams of what their culture is, but then almost creating the pathway and putting the the steps in place and there's got to be rigor and accountability and it's often really uncomfortable before not that gets easy but it gets easier as as the skills and capability in that space build and but it's been able to really have like you know if you if you think about it as a blank canvas what would it look like and how what do you want people to think and to feel and to do as part of your team Mm. and how how do we get clear on that how do we get aligned on that but also welcoming what each individual brings to the team what each you know what the value add is for and and sometimes the biggest challenge can be the people in the team that say nothing like that's so much untapped potential everyone has something to say everyone has taught everyone has you know such beautiful brains to explore and if they're not sharing them like we're missing all that if your opinion is different to mine it it doesn't mean mine is is right and yours is wrong or vice Mm -hmm. versa but it's like how do we explore that together and how do we encourage people to speak up when they feel that they can't how do we give them that that space for their voice to be heard and it's working our way through that but every single person in our team should be adding value and if they're not speaking at meetings really understanding why that is like is it safe for them to do so is there people that they don't get along with is there relationship work that needs to be done um but otherwise we've just got a massive amount of untapped potential that's that's sitting there I love that and I think it's such a beautiful uh representation of we all have interesting things about us and if we're more curious about asking questions and into I was going to say interrogating but like interrogating in an empathetic intuitive compassionate way of wanting to get to know why someone might think differently to us um and I know that and 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 from knowing you and the work that you do you are someone who is curious about other people curious about people's stories but Shelly, something I'm curious about is we ask every guest on the Power Moves Only podcast if there is a power move that you have made in your life or in your business recently that you might like to share with us. Yeah, so I had this, um, It's a, it was a really great analogy that I read and it was about a mentor talking to two mentees and they put down a dice in the middle of the table and they said tell me what you can see and the two mentees go we can see a dice like it's a dice and then the other mentee goes oh actually I can see the number one and the other one goes oh I can see the number six and they both could see the four on top and the mentor says to them I want you to always consider different perspectives and it's a very powerful story in terms of sometimes, you know, as a as a power move, when we feel like we've only got one avenue to go to, like really, really thinking and digging deep, what's another option I haven't thought about yet? 
and it drives some great conversation. And when we have options, we can make a more considered decision. And when we're forced into one avenue, it sometimes is not us at our best. So how do we create more options as part of our culture, as part of our team? Um, and how do we look at those different angles of the dice in all that we do? I'll... Mind blown. I'm going to, that's another story that I'm going to tell people. I'll be like, my friend Shelley McElroy told me about this story of the NASA janitor and the, and the two mentees and the die. That's, um, that's amazing. Shelley, please tell me where can people find out more about you, more about dream culture um, and connect with you? Oh, thank you. Um, LinkedIn is a great platform. Um, and also the Dream Culture website. Um, it's a bit of a landing page at the moment, but there's some work being done in the background. It'll look a bit better later in the year. Um, it's just dreamculture.com.au. And um being Irish and ginger, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> the whole the whole thing available. All the things. But yeah, definitely LinkedIn and the website is a is a good starting point. Beautiful. And all those details um, are in the show notes. Shelley, thank you so much for a beautiful conversation, for a beautiful friendship. I'm so glad that we've connected and um, can't wait to see you in real time very soon. Oh, thanks, Claudia. Have a good afternoon. You too. This episode of the Power Moves Only podcast has been brought to you by the Power Moves Club, a membership for women in business who want to learn, grow and connect together. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Thank you for being along this journey. I can't wait to bring you more. Have an amazing day.